Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we go, And welcome back to Fuck You, We Like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Uh, Lloyd is out this week, um, but we actually have a very, very special guest. Uh, I'm really, really excited about this one um, because I have been a Defector subscriber since quite literally day one. And we actually have a writer for that website, Kaylin Collar. Say hello to the general populace. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for subscribing. What's that? Thanks for being a subscriber. Oh, of course. I'm um I subscribed because I was um I followed like why your team sucks for like fucking years. And that's like right when that came out, like Defector launch and like Drew did a bunch of those articles. And no, of course I've been like I've super I've subscribed to you guys for a long time. Sorry if I'm fangirling out here, but <laughs> no. Um Love it. I've I've followed like a lot of your guys' articles and you had a pretty big article, which we will get at um, in a little bit. But first, uh, we actually have a little bit of uh, something in common because uh, you and I have both had major jaw surgery. Yeah, it was horrible. I finally feel like a normal person. I still have braces, um, but those should be coming off in like a month and then I get to go to Invisalign. So yeah, it's weird. Like every week I look different um, because my face is like still getting the swelling down. So yeah. It's really weird seeing pictures of myself because I'm like, oh, is that how I look now from the side? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> no. It's really strange. Yeah. So um, I read the article um, this week. I read it actually this morning just to refresh myself. So I have a few questions about that. Uh, yeah. First off, how are you feeling now? You probably got into that a little bit. Like, how do you feel now? Um, now I feel better. Um, braces are extremely terrible as an adult like yep. I don't remember them being so annoying uh when I was in middle school um and like I was interviewing a player last week at Texan Texans camp and literally one of my rubber bands like snapped in my mouth like mid-interview and it was so I embarrassing. think I saw that too yeah it was so embarrassing and he was like super chill about it so <laughs> it was it was fine but it's just like why am I dealing with this it's just really annoying so that's really the main problem. I can't really eat everything yet because I'm yeah. still trying to figure out like how my jaw works now because I basically had to relearn everything because um, I have fake, I have titanium joints in my jaw. So okay, 
it's mostly fake. Um, it's like basically like getting a hip replacement is what I got. So, oh God, yeah. So all my they took out a lot of my muscles, so I had to relearn literally how to like open my mouth. So oh that took God. a long time, and I'm still not really there because they say the width of the opening for most normal people is like three fingers, oh. and right now I have. I have two. So I'm close, but it's okay. like, I still have some work to do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're recovering. Cause I read the article. Um, and it seemed like, cause I thought my recovery process was kind of tough, but like yours is just like, you just like seemed like a, to go through hell basically. Like you said, like you had like skin problems a little bit and it, it just seemed really tough. So I'm, I'm glad you're feeling, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you're Thank you. able to get back in regular life and stuff like that. Cause I remember mine, like I just had an underbite. Yeah. And the doctor, he like broke my jaw and moved it forward. It's like form a proper bite. Yeah. And the only like thing that like sucked about my recovery, like I had to spend the night in the hospital, but I remember like I went to uh, my home comedy club just to see a show and I remember like, oh my God, it hurts to laugh. Yeah. Like yeah. I had like an, a sharp shooting pain. I like, wondered forever, like, is this going to be permanent? Turns out it wasn't. It was all fine. But I just remember drinking like milkshakes and stuff like that. And you seemed like you had like a lot of ice cream and yeah. Um, and like, you said like chicken broth in the hospital or something? Yeah. Like I was basically on straight up liquid for like five weeks okay um, which is horrible so i won't have smoothies for like probably a year yeah um yeah and like soups yeah like i will not eat any of those foods for like a very long time yeah, um okay yeah but yeah that was sort of my process that was probably the worst part of it is just feeling like like three weeks, three weeks after I was technically allowed to start chewing soft foods, but I just couldn't open my mouth. So like yeah. I couldn't actually do it. And that was really frustrating because I was like, oh my God, like I could be eating things, but I can't. So that was really yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, so what, um, what prompted the surgery in the first place again? You said you had like a condition where it's like your, uh, I might have my notes up here it said your jaw was like eating itself for no reason or something like that. Yeah. I had a, auto, I don't know what, I think it's autoimmune related, but they don't actually know that there's no actual like research on that, but I had a condition where my jaw joints were destroying themselves. Um, oh. like, yeah. Like they were just deteriorating like for some unknown reason. So yeah, I've had that for like 10 years. So I knew I would have to do this at some point. Um, I would probably have to do it at some point. No one ever said I had to do it, but yeah, like improve my life. Um, so yeah, so that is why I ended up getting surgery and I put it off for a really long time because I knew it was going to suck. And you got it over with you. You seem like you're in a better place now. It's like, all right, we've done it. It's, it's here. It's over. Now we can just like begin to recover and be the person you want to be post-surgery exactly yeah that's awesome and like how long did it take you to get back to like regular like working schedule like writing for defector and all that stuff i took five weeks off um and so i came back like week six okay and when did so you came back uh i want to say like probably 
was it like late June or something like that? Uh, it was uh, mid-June. It was like the second. second okay. Week. Yeah. So um, I actually want to get right into this because um, you had a piece back in April that, um, first of all, first off, I do want to commend you because the piece that you wrote, it was thorough. It was like you really put a lot of time and effort into this. It was a fantastic piece. And I do want to commend you for the great work you did. Thank you. Of course. It was a piece about um, Jackson Carmen. It mm -hmm. was the... Um, so for a lot of a lot of Bengals fans knew about... <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Or like they didn't know, they knew after the article came out. So what happened allegedly was that Carmen forced himself when he was 18 on a girl who we'll call Jane Doe, who was 15 at the time. Yeah, and exactly. So I have a few questions. First off, what um, prompted you to want to report on this in the first place? Um, I was actually at a college football game in the press box talking to um an NFL executive that I knew who was there scouting for his team. And I was asking him about Sean Watson because I was doing Deshaun Watson reporting. And so we started talking about Clemson because this guy had scouted him at Clemson and he was like, yeah, I mean, there was nothing from Clemson about him that was weird or, you know, concerning, but he said, I wouldn't be surprised if they, um, you know, were able to hide something because they're very good at keeping things quiet there. Yep. And then, Within that sort of explanation, he said, you should look into, uh, this was last fall. So he said, you should look into who the Bengals drafted in the second round. And he didn't say his name. And like, I don't follow the Bengals draft that closely. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even know who he's talking about. And I was like, well, who is it? And he's like, just look it up. And I'm like, what did he do? And he wouldn't tell me, um, you know, anything more specific other than, you know, go look into this essentially. So I didn't like even a know whistleblower at that point. Yeah. So I didn't even know what I was looking for. Cause if you Google his name at the time, there was nothing ever reported about it. So you couldn't yep. actually like check and see, Oh yeah. Local news wrote about this, whatever. So I just submitted a FOIA request, which is a public records request um, to the Clemson city police and also the Clemson university police. Um, there's a lot of protected records when it comes to colleges. So yeah. there's a, a federal law called FERPA, which protects um, yep. 
any like student record, like academic records and like title nine records and things yep. like that. So getting a title nine report is like almost impossible, um, yeah. from, from, um, a university like, like Clemson. So, um, I wasn't able to get any title nine information. I have no idea if it became a title nine report or what an investigation or like what became of that, because that was all protected, but I was able to get the Clemson university police report and that whole file. Okay. Uh, and so once I had that, cause all you need to know to get that is like the name of the person that you're looking for. And then if there is any records on him, like they'll send it to you. And if there isn't, then they won't. So um, by law, they were required to send me the police file. So yep. I got the police file and I went through it and I was like, oh, this is pretty serious, actually. I mean, yeah. he was not charged. The the county solicitor, which is essentially um, like the district attorney equivalent in uh the Carolinas they have like a sort of a different type of setup with their government but um that guy essentially deemed that there wasn't enough um evidence you know beyond a doubt to prove that you know he should be charged uh criminally so yep. he never was charged criminally um and I think that's why it never became a news story um in Clemson at the time because uh you know, no actual charges became of it. So he didn't have to get suspended um, because there are no uh, Clemson student handbook uh, rules or NCAA rules about like, if you're being investigated, like you, you don't have to be suspended, even if you're being investigated. Cause he was investigated for like five months for this. Yeah. Um, he was and interviewed, I think. And wasn't he like put under like a polygraph, like twice? Once he did a polygraph once with his own, lawyer his yeah. lawyer chose a polygraph examiner and the state wanted him uh the, well the clemson police wanted him to undergo a separate one that would be administered by uh, a state law enforcement agency but they uh declined to do that so yeah. the only polygraph that he, the polygraph that he took was chosen by his lawyer and the examiner said that he passed, but when the state uh, law enforcement agency reviewed the results, they deemed it inconclusive. So okay. that's why they wanted him to do another one because their standards, he did not pass. Um, he It was an inconclusive test. Yep. Because it seemed like um, what I got from the article was like, there was a lot of cover up from Clemson. Because they did seem to not want to release information about an incident that in their eyes wasn't even a crime. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know if I would go as far as to say they're covering it up. Okay. Um, I think it's to be expected. I mean, they have, they did give me the information. They didn't make it easy. And okay. that's kind of like, that's why so many stories don't come out because they will try to make it hard. But when I was reviewing, when I was writing the story, I was reviewing the FOIA law because every state has a different type of law. Um, some states you can only request public documents if you actually live in the state. Um, uh, South Carolina is not like that. So I was able to get this information, but there's just, that's just to say that every state has different policies. So I was reviewing the policies and they were like right up against the deadline for a lot of these. Okay. Um, so that they had 35 business days, they took 34. Okay. So 
they did give me what I needed, but they just took a while. And then there were several instances where I had to have them create a record for me, which technically oh. they don't legally have to do because I needed to, I wanted the victim's interview, which they only had on like DVD essentially. And oh. they wouldn't give me the DVD because then I would see her identity. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So they, so I said, okay, well, can I get a transcript of the DVD? Thinking that a transcript would probably exist in the file already. Uh -huh. Well, a transcript didn't exist in the file already. So they had to hire someone to transcribe it for me. And we ended up paying, I think, around $900 when yep. it was all said and done um, for all of the transcripts that we needed. So I wouldn't say they were actively covering it up, but I do think they were being really difficult. And like the amount of money that it cost is sort of insane to me. Yeah. Um, to get to get the information we needed, like we had to have $900, you know, I yeah. mean, we're a startup news organization. I'm glad we have $900 to spend on it. But that's just I think it's just a good illustration of why it is so easy for schools to keep things quiet. They might not actively be covering something up, but they're able to keep their secrets because there are so many barriers to learning the information or getting enough of the information that you need. Yes, exactly. And th that's like, you seem like, and I like, had you done any investigative journalism like prior to this or was this like- Yeah, I had, yeah. Yeah, I have. Because it seemed like you had like a lot of experience with it. Like, do, like uh, if you don't mind sharing, like do, what were uh, some of the things you did prior to this? Um, I did a whole uh, three-part series on a former Packers player who joined a religious group that people would call a cult. Yep. Um, so that required a lot of digging. Um, yep. I did a story on Sue Cravens with the Washington football team and like why he quit the team did he quit the team um that required a lot of digging um, did it have anything to do with mr snyder actually he didn't seem to be very present in that um i'm okay. sure behind the scenes he was but he wasn't like a major player in that story no yeah um so yeah i mean i've just done a lot of like anonymous sourcing um police report request you know it comes up a lot in this job yeah and I imagine, like, as someone who, like, did this piece, especially on, like, Jackson Carmen and, like, all those people, like, what kind of feedback did you get from, like, say, like, did you get feedback from Bengals fans? Did you get feedback from people who, like, from Clemson fans? Did you get feedback from um, from any anyone else in that group? It's like, what kind of feedback did you get from those people? Yeah, I was surprised because I expected the Bengals feedback to be very oh, but he wasn't charged. Like, why do we care? This was four years ago. It's over. Um, yeah. You know, the criminal justice system didn't press charges. So like, he's innocent. That's what I was expecting to hear. Um, and actually, I was surprised because it, it felt like the, at least on social media, it felt like the reaction was very, uh, like, accepting of it and like wow like I can't believe we didn't know this like this is terrible this is disgusting like how would the Bengals do this it was very um 
anti-Bengals, which surprised me. Um, So I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised that like everybody wasn't rushing to the, why is this even a story uh, criticism of it? So yeah, that was kind of nice. I didn't really hear a ton from Clemson fans. I think it was posted on a bunch of um, Clemson forums, but they're all like ones you have to pay for. So I didn't even bother to yeah look at what was being said there. And I feel like a lot of like Browns fans are going through this with Deshaun Watson and Bengals fans kind of had this with Carmen, like, cause as a Bengals fan, this is like the first time we've had, like in my lifetime, we've had like Super Bowl success. And right. a lot of Bengals fans probably saw this or, and I, I saw this when I posted this in the groups that I'm in, a lot of the, these people were seem to be like, why are you posting about this? It's like, I did get some of that feedback. Like this isn't news or something like that. Or, um, it's like, why is she report on it? Like tons of 18 year olds sleep with 15 year olds. It was very, just like, it was very, who gives a shit feedback. That was like kind of, I, it was the feedback that like I kind of expected, but like when you do like investigative journalism like this and you get like nasty feedback, you're either doing something really wrong or in your case, you did something really, really, really fucking right. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I was, interested to see what the Bengals response would be. I was kind of surprised they didn't put out a statement. Um, but Zach Taylor did uh on his opening night, because it came out on draft night Thursday, the first yeah. round. And he did address it in his press conference just by saying like, um, I'm not gonna to talk- comment on it at this time. <laughs> yeah. And then he was asked about it again at the end of the um press conference and he said again, like I'm not gonna comment um so that never did right so that was kind of nice that at least at the very start of the press conference he was like i know there was a story i'm not going to talk about it and that's exactly what i expected like the bengals never responded to me throughout the reporting process because obviously i had to reach out to them for comment and to give jackson a chance to talk if he wants to but neither the bengals nor jackson's agent ever acknowledged anything i sent so um yeah, so their uh, response was no response, essentially, this whole time. Yeah, and I remember, like, I remember when that draft came out, like, I was I was hyped about Carmen, because, mainly because Burrow got sacked more times than I could count. And I'm like, all right, yeah. thank God. If they're not going to draft Kanae Sewell, at least get some semblance of an offensive lineman. And I'm like, all right, right. I'm behind this guy. And I right. remember Zach Taylor in that draft, they the Bengals traded down in that draft. Yeah, they, they were early second round pick, and they traded down. I remember Zach Taylor saying, "We would have drafted him even if we didn't trade down." Mm. Yeah, that was the interesting thing about this story is that I talked to a lot of different scouts and people with other teams, and a lot of them, with the exception of the original source of this story, because they were very interested in him as well that team was with the exception of that team most people agreed that drafting him in the second round was too high and he, uh, uh, most Mel people thought, said that, right i i don't know what mel said but most people said given the character concerns about him and there was more than just that incident um there's more than a rape out yeah i read that too there was like immaturity most, and yeah and most teams that i talked to Actually, every team I talked to, and I didn't ask the Bengals this, or I tried to, but they didn't respond. Um, 
every team I talked to knew about the rape allegation. And so okay. with that, with that in in his bio and his background, most teams agreed like, yeah, we would not have selected him in the second round. Like that was high. Um, and he had maturity concerns. I think he was sometimes late to class or not attending yep. class. And he just struggled with maintaining his weight, um, staying in the weight that Clemson had wanted him at while in he college. Like 350. Yeah. And like that continued his rookie year in Cincinnati. So there was a little bit of, you know, truth to that at least. So most teams I talked to were like, yeah, that was, we were surprised he went that high. Yeah. And I think a lot of us were too. Like I didn't even see him. Like I did like a ton of, I did like the PFF mock drafts because they were like therapeutic back then. Mm-hmm. But I don't even remember seeing Carmen's name, like even like the second or third round. And I was just like, who is this guy? Yeah. But then like, um, what a lot of people will do is um, they'll use like this as like the final straw. I feel like I have to think about, think about my wording here. They'll be like, oh, this guy wasn't that good anyway. This is like the final straw. But like when an actually good player, am I, am right. I coming across, am I making sense here? Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, Yeah. And I think, I think. I don't think I skill think he, level should come into play when it comes to like a yeah. criminal allegation. But I think you're right. I think the fans would have been more pro Bengals had Jackson been an amazing left guard last exactly. year. Like, And he wasn't. And he may he may improve this year. I don't know. I haven't really been following Bengals camp. I don't know what the latest on him is, but um, you know, he may turn into <clears throat> the player they need him to be and it'll never come up again. Or, you know, he, he isn't going to be, and we might hear more about this later. Uh, what, what I can say from Bengals camp, and I just say this as a fan, um, the main, um, the main offensive line uh, position battle is left guard because yeah. they set a Jonah Williams at left tackle. They signed Ted Karras from New England at center. They signed Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay at right guard. And then they signed Lil Collins from Dallas at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So the only position battle was Jackson Carmen versus a guy named Cordell Volson from North Dakota state. Right. Okay. And he's a rookie, right? Yeah, he's a rookie. They just drafted him in the fourth round this year. And I I heard a scouting report on him. Someone said about Cordell Wilson, they they said when they watch his on-the-field performance, they said, man, does this guy hate everybody? (laughs) He's just a mean motherfucker on the field. Good. When I saw, like, with the karma report, I'm like, man, I hope this Wilson guy, like, I think he has a really good opportunity to make a – make a, a statement with the Bengals and maybe supplant Carmen on the line. But it was, again, like, like I said earlier, it was wild that the Bengals just straight up did nothing about this. Like yeah. but I, I recognize like it's a closed legal case, but it was a very yeah. disturbing. It was a Mike, very disturbing allegation. Mike Brown uh, did address it. He was asked about it um, by a inquirer reporter yep. in uh, at the very start of camp and he said something he acted like the organization did know about it and that there was it was basically his his answer was I'm paraphrasing here but it was something along the lines of like yeah that was in the past it's my understanding that like 
nothing came of it. I think he said nothing came of it. Um, so his answer kind of really downplayed it and just showed like that. I guess he's saying that they were aware of it and they just didn't, it didn't affect their evaluation of him because it didn't go anywhere. No. And Which, I think a lot of Bengals fans were psyched because like he went to high school in Cincinnati and right. Cause like one thing I know about Cincinnati as a lifelong citizen is that Cincinnati loves Cincinnati. Right. Like right. so much. So if anyone has even a semblance of Cincinnati ties, you're like, yeah. we need to get this guy. We need to get this right. guy so bad. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. Um, I know I'm not trying to take up too much of your time here, but Kalen, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Oh, of course. Um, you were you're based out of Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah, I I was to say I love Chicago. <laughs> it's a great it's like, town. It's like I'm driving distance from there. Like I'll, I yeah. literally went there from August to December of last year. I went there four times. Oh, nice. Yeah, like I did. Um, I've done stand up a bunch there. Um, I did the Laugh Factory one night, just like an open mic. Cool. But um, do you have you ever um what have you ever seen stand up in Chicago? Like the any time I talk to someone about a city, I'm like, where have you seen stand up comedy? Yeah, I've seen. Where have I been? Um, I haven't. I think I've been to improv. What's it called? Something I O improv. Um, I don't know what it stands for. There's one called I O that I went to years and years ago. Um, and then. I'm trying to think. Recently, I went to, oh my gosh, what is it called? It's in Old Town. Um, Zanies, I think yep. it's called. Yep. yep. I went to Zanies a couple months back. And that's, that's a, uh, where it. is that? I forget. It's in Old Town. It's on yep. Wild Street, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's also another place I recommend. Do you know where the Robin Williams mural is? Uh, no. So there's a Robin, there's a Robin Williams mural, and in the background of his face was like a bunch of genies from Aladdin. Oh, okay. And there's a club there near there. It's called the Lincoln Lodge. Okay. It's like it's got a bar in front and then like four showrooms. Okay. It's I think I've done that place like four times. It's a strong recommendation for me. Cool. I'll um, put it on the list. But yeah, absolutely. And um, so like I said, why are team sucks and whatnot? Are you a Bears fan or what's your team? I grew up a Bears fan, but I am very not a Bears fan anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I have saw you left wrote about that. Roquan Smith recently. Yeah, I've left that fandom completely behind. So I am <laughs> impartial. So what's your team now? Uh, I don't have a team. Oh, you don't have a team? You just like report on the NFL and just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we can't really have a team. I mean, you'll always have your childhood team and you yep. have your memories, but like, it's not good. I don't think it's good to have a team as a professional. I we was root just for, about to ask that. We root for stories that we want to see, but we're not rooting for teams, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, um, like I know Nick Wright, the Fox guy is like a Chiefs fan or something like that. But yeah, I definitely see how like fandom could get in the way, especially like with Bengals fans. Because, like, when um, when the Carmen story came out, there were, every, like, reporter was, like, showing Bengals bias. Yeah. They're, they didn't want to, like, like, negatively affect the team by, like, coming after one of their own, essentially. Yeah, it's a 
it's a weird game. I've never been a beat writer. I've never covered one team. It yeah. is challenging when you do because you have to be there uh, every day. Uh, yep. And you have to keep covering the team after whatever scandal it is, you know, is over or out of the news or whatever. So like you have to be careful. You don't want to burn any bridges, but at the same time, you need to do your job. So I see a lot that I see a lot of that bias of I'm not going to, you know, rock the boat with this team I cover all the time. And and it's it's unfortunate reality of this business, but I understand it. I don't think it's good, but like I, I do understand why that goes on. And yeah. I've never been a beat reporter, so I can't really sit here and like judge them all from my national scale um position uh mm-hmm. so yeah but that's that's kind of why that happens yeah and i think i think for me it'd be way more fun to be like a national reporter because you can actually like see like you have 32 teams to choose from and if a huge story comes out about like like say like roquan smith wanting a trade but you don't have to be like oh man i write for the saints i can't report on this like, no, there's like right. this is juicy shit. You can actually report on Roquan Smith or you can report on Jackson Carmen or Deshaun Watson or really anyone in the NFL. Yeah, it's fun. It's it gives you a lot of freedom. Um, and you can kind of bounce around to whatever you find the most interesting. Yeah. So uh I'm actually running out of time here because I'm on a Zoom basic plan. So how's the <laughs> factor been for you? Um, good. I really love it. It's it's really fun to be part of a project that like we built ourselves um, and we don't have to live every day thinking, Oh, we're going to get laid off at any minute. So that's really nice. Um, And yeah, basically any idea I have, my editors are like, yeah, that sounds good. Go do it. Like, I literally think there's like one thing that, and I don't even remember what it was, but there's probably been only like one occasion where they were like, I don't like that idea. So it's super super flexible um super uh freeing i think free is like the word but i like yeah. to use most maybe liberating yeah totally yeah that's awesome i'm i'm i love the factor i try to share it to literally everyone and another um yeah, i love that thank you of course like i'm i've been i post wire teams like one wire team sucks comment like every day on my instagram story that makes me laugh Oh yeah, that's so good. I They're so good. People are so funny on those. I say um it's where the funniest people in the world go to complain about their NFL teams. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's the best. I think you like showed up on one last year. Wasn't it a Bears one? Yes, I was mentioned, I believe, in the Bears one for Yes, like, cuz uh something. One uh, one commenter um said um uh what was it? When they're building the new stadium? He said, uh, I can't wait to argue with my dick castached uncle about whether they're about whether we're going to eat at Toby Keith's the election was rigged bar and grill or Bubba Gum Shrimp Company after the game. Oh, yeah. And as a f- actual former employee of Toby Keith's, that was. Oh, my God. Game. Yep. That's great. I was a busser there when I was in college. Oh, my God. That's so funny. It was wild. <laughs> Yeah. No, again, Kaylin, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to share more why your team sucks news. I can't wait to share more of what you've written. You seem thank like you are like are like super, super well on your way to like having a super great NFL career with like reporting and just honestly, what you do is you're also just having fun with this as well. Yeah, it's a good mix of 
serious stuff and also kind of like the NFL is hilarious. Let's make fun of it a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Kayla, I think we're about to get kicked off here in a second. But Kayla, <laughs> no thank you so much for coming on. I, I can't wait to follow it. Have a good rest thank of your you. day. Nice right. to meet you. Absolutely. You as well. I hope to see you again at some point. Yeah, I know. All right. Have a good one, folks. Fuck you. We like the Bengals.